Welcome to the Self-Care Goddess Podcast, brought to you by me, Rita Savoya, founder of Savoya Self-Care Holistic Wellness. I'm a certified nutritionist and a holistic wellness coach for midlife women who want to rediscover their happier, sexier selves naturally without pills or side effects so that they can thrive as they age. I'm also the creator of the Savoya Self-Care Method, empowering women to nurture heart, mind, and body for transformative results. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to help millions of midlife women become their own health heroes. As a woman entrepreneur and a caregiver to aging parents, I fully understand the many responsibilities and generally stressful times women are living through these days, often suffering in silence, misunderstood, and putting themselves last. That's why each week I will be here for you, guiding you on your personal wellness journey, sharing expert advice from thought leaders on natural, practical, and simple solutions to help you thrive during the midlife transition. Get ready to listen to inspiring conversations about all things wellness, nutrition, mindset, mental health, fasting, hormones, menstrual cycle awareness and sinking, ancient healing strategies like meditation, mindfulness and breath work and spirituality. Every month I will also be featuring a small to medium sized business to help spread the word on the amazing work they're doing so we can support them. And now without further ado, let's get ready to rumble. Happy listening. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Goddess Podcast. And today I am excited to have Alexandra here with us. So I'm super excited to talk about something that I'm actually not well-versed in. So it's going to be very educational for me, and I am sure it'll be the same for you. So thank you for spending part of your day with us today. But before we go move any further, um, as you know, I like to walk the talk and let's really settle into our space with this quick coherence meditation. So if you want to, if you're not driving or operating a heavy machinery, I invite you to lower your gaze or even close your eyes and really tune out the world right now, just for these two minutes and sort of check in with yourself. What's going on? Are you feeling any aches or pains, any tension? And let's breathe into that area where we're feeling any aches or pains or tension. Because if we're attention goes energy flow so we're bringing this new oxygenated blood with our breath to those areas so i invite you now just to sort of check in we never get to do this during the day sort of breathe into that area and i'm ideally breathing in through the nose and out through the nose so keeping that nasal breathing Maybe perhaps elongating the exhales, allowing your body to relax a little bit more, signaling to our nervous system that we're okay, we're safe, we're supported, just by extending the exhales. And as you continue this breathing, I invite you to focus your attention in the area of the heart now, this beautiful organ that's keeping us alive. And as you continue this heart-focused breathing, I invite you to visualize someone or maybe even a pet that you're grateful for today, living our past, 
Visualize them as if they were right here in front of you. I invite you to send them all the love, the gratitude, and the appreciation for them being in your life. Let's take a nice deep belly breath in through the nose and let it go. Slowly open your eyes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for participating, Alexandra. So that was fabulous. I, thank you. So I hope I pronounce your last name. I think I'm going to do it. That's an easy one. So I have here today with us Alexandra Harbushka. Yep. Yay. Okay. So it. her life was set into sent into upheaval. She received a call from her doctor diagnosing her with herpes, shaking, feeling like her life, her goals, happiness, and desires had all just gone up in smoke. She left scared shitless with a new mission to share her story with people just like her and to let them know that their feelings are normal, natural, and that they have they do not have to be victims. With that mission in mind, she founded Life with Herpes, an online community consisting of a podcast, a website, YouTube channel, wellness products to support the skin condition and an online community that provides support all dedicated to shattering the stigma of living with herpes how cool is that thank you thank you thank you for doing thank what you. you do and turning your you know I, I always call it like either your mess into your mission or you know right. your pain into purpose so thank you right. thank you thank you and i'm so excited to have this conversation with you today me too. I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Welcome. Welcome. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about your story and why do you want to share this condition that you have with the world? Right. So when we hear the word herpes, it is like kind of that it's a triggering word. It's a, like people are standoffish. Um, it has an extreme negative connotation to it. Um, when we hear the word genital herpes, it immediately goes to sexual shame, promiscuity, um, punishment, um, adultery, um, you know, the scarlet letter, uh, you know, all these, all these things. And, and unfortunately that's not the real case at all. Um, so what's what's very, very interesting is we as a society, well, that is actually the drug company that decided to create this um, herpes and make it um, a negative thing. And mm -hmm. so for the last roughly 40 years or so, it has been this, oh, I know why you have that. Like, oh, I know what you were up to. And, and, and unfortunately... Um, it's it's very destructive to people. Um, it's very destructive to relationships. It um, it'll it people a lot of times. Um, it's 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 sad because they they make decisions with this herpes virus guiding them and leading them, opposed to them being in control of their their diagnosis. So. Um, I'll get into statistics in a little bit, but for me personally, I was 28 years old. I was dating someone and, you know, we had the conversation. Have you been tested? Oh, yeah, of course I've been tested. Is it negative? Of course it's negative. Great. And you go about your day and that's a normal conversation that responsible, sexually active adults have. Unfortunately, um, herpes is not included in the STI testing. 
So here we think that we're being responsible. We're getting tested for STIs, STDs, which is awesome, but they're not including herpes on it. Um, And so my boyfriend at the time didn't know he had it. And so then you're diagnosed with this that you then have for the rest of life, the rest of your life. And it's um, extremely suffocating. It is, um, I like to call it a deer in a headlights moment. It is, what am I going to do? How did this happen? I don't see myself with this guy for the rest of my life. Um, and will anybody ever accept me? Will I ever accept me? Am I, why did I, and at that point in my life, I was very, um, like cause and effect driven, meaning I went to college, I got good grades, I did the right thing, Mm -hmm. um, followed the rules. And so therefore I should be rewarded for my behavior or, you know, I I got a great, I had had, at that point, I had a couple great jobs, you know what I mean? So like, therefore I'm on this, this track and I'm like, well, why, why did I do all that? Because now I have herpes. What was the point? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what happens. Um, and I'm specifically talking about genital herpes. I actually have both. I have oral herpes, which is HSV-1. Well, for me, it's HSV-1. And I have genital HSV-2. And the ironic thing is HSV-1, two out of three people have. So that's really, 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 really high. If you look at any group you're in, um, any setting you're in, two out of three people have HSV-1. And that can be oral or that can be genital. It can be mm. either one. Um, right now, for a lot of our teenagers, a lot of our young 20-year-olds, um, they're being diagnosed with genital HSV-1 um, because we're not aware or we're not being educated or just dis- dis- discussing that, hey, if you get cold sores, that's actually herpes. Mm. And when you do things with your mouth, that could be transmitted to your partner's genitals. So I have a lot of people now being diagnosed with that. Mm. So then all um, cold sores are herpes. Correct. Herpes, herpes viruses. Correct. So what, what is it, herpes exactly? Let's go back. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Great question. So herpes is a, so, well, this is a big question. It's called herpes simplex virus. And up until about, you know, 40 years ago, we didn't have the ability or the technology to realize there were two types. Um, you know, our microscopes didn't couldn't tell the difference between the viral DNA. Well, upon technology improving, we were able to discover there's two types. So there's type one and type two. I'm going to go even further and say there's hundreds of types of versions of herpes. However, specifically, we're talking about oral herpes, general herpes, like Epstein-Barr, mono is herpes, chickenpox is herpes. So they're all herpes family. Mm. Um, but we'll, we won't talk about that one, spe- those specifically. We'll just talk about cold sores on your mouth or oral herpes or genital herpes. Um, and so HSV-1 is more common just because it's on your mouth. And if you think about, we use our mouths a lot. I don't mean that in any like sexual way, but like our mouths are exposed. We kiss, we um, share drinks, we, you know, shared cigarettes um, at, at some point, you know, and when that was a big thing. Right. Society-wise, um, there's a lot of cultures that kiss uh, cheeks when they say hello. Yeah. Um, so so that's very, very common. Genital herpes is one out of six people that I've read one out of four. I've read one out of five. I try to be a little bit generous on that and say one out of six people. Um, and it's it prefers the genitals. However, it can also go to your mouth. Um, 
And so when you look at those statistics, roughly 80% of the population has one type or the other, mm. which is astonishing considering when we hear the word herpes, like, oh, gross. Ew, I would never date anybody with herpes, right? Ew, that's disgusting. I would, ew, well, I know where that person. And it's what's astonishing is you may very well have it and not know it, which is, which is extremely common. Um, or someone you love unconditionally, like a deep, 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 deep love has this, you know, and, and, and they may not be aware that they have it. Like they may not be aware that cold sores are herpes. Um, and most people are asymptomatic. Most people get one outbreak, say at six years old or whatever, um, and never get an outbreak again. And they're like, well, I, I never been diagnosed. I don't know. I have this. So it's, it's a very interesting thing. Again, it, it's, it's taboo because we've associated sex with it. Yeah. Um, and sex is taboo. And, and unfortunately it, it, you know, the whole thing, it shouldn't be, cause that's why it keeps getting transmitted. Wow. Okay. So can you still have the virus without the symptoms? Correct. Okay. And that's what, so majority of the people have the virus. Um, by the time you're 50, um, or in general, by the time we're 50, 90% of the population has been introduced to the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it's 90%, not a hundred percent, but mm. I don't know how that <laughs> it works out. Yeah. But we've, we've all come in contact with it. We've all kissed somebody with it. We've all shared a sip of beer from somebody yeah. that has it or lemonade or whatever. Um, and it's just a matter of the virus being active at that particular time and your immune system being weak. Mm, okay. And so that's the trend. That's how you transmit it. How do you transmit it? That's the skin most- to skin. Oh, okay. So, right. So it's skin to skin. Now you can, so there could be objects that could be a vehicle, but it's not as likely. So I have a, a cup of tea, right? Well, not a cup. It's a big thermos <laughs> of tea, but <laughs> Let's say I had an active cold sore and let's say I took a sip of my tea and then I gave you a sip in the exact same spot immediately. Right. So the viral DNA would be on my cup or my chapstick or my toothbrush or my burrito or whatever. Right. So a lot of like high school girls, college girls, you know, they all share makeup, yeah. they all get ready for prom, mm. um, all that, they, you know, prom, you know, just go. So, yeah. and they don't know, they don't know yeah. what it is. They're not exactly. aware. So it so can be transmitted that way. Mm-hmm. Mm. If the virus is uh, live and the, and the person has a weak immune system. Yeah, if it's active. If so it's like, an active virus. Yeah. So what if the active the virus is active, but the person has a strong immune system at the time? There's a less no. likely chance of transmission. Correct. So like my husband does not have herpes. He gets tested. He just got tested like two weeks ago. Okay. He comes in, he's come in contact with it. There's been times um, we've had sex and I later on that day, I'm like, uh-oh, you know, and it was probably percolating at that point, you know, so he mm-hmm. he's come in contact with it. Um, it's inevitable, but he has not been, he's not picked it up. So it could be your strong immune system. Um, if you have an open wound, then it can, that's, that's like guaranteed, not guaranteed, but that's like a really good way to have that transmitted. So just to be, so we understand we, a lot of times people will, will say like there's HIV, there's HSV and HPV. So lots of H's and lots of V's in those three things. Um, they're not the same. HSV, we're talking about herpes. HIV is, is 
go, you know, we can refer to it's not AIDS. It has to go into AIDS, but um, that is that is bodily fluids transmiss transmission. So HIV is like blood um, and any bodily fluid. So that is where a lot of people get confused. Like, well, is it in my saliva? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no. But if you have a cold sore and you use your saliva for things, then it can get transmitted that way. So people have that question. So where is a herpes then? It's we're in the cells. So it lies dormant in our nervous system. Nervous um, system. Okay. HSV1, for whatever reason, prefers kind of like our neck jaw area. It kind of goes dormant in that area. Um, HSV2 lies dormant along our spine, um, kind of in that like sacrum area, mm. that pelvic area. Um, when it's not active again, I don't know why they lie different in different locations. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, and that travels along the nerves. So our nerves are like fingers. So some people can like say like, I'll, they'll say, I experience like nerve pain going down my back, mm-hmm. um, before I get an outbreak or same thing, like neck tension for people with, or with HSV one, mm-hmm. they'll experience like just, just tension before they get an outbreak. Um, so yeah, when it's not active, when it's dormant, um, that's just where it's living. And then, so, so then when it's dormant, you can't transmit it. You could only transmit it, or there's a higher chance of transmission when it's active. Correct. But there's another caveat, which is extremely frustrating. So, um, originally, like I said, based on what we knew mm. you know, 40 years ago, for example, we were told, Hey, you can only transmit it when you have an active cold sore or, or yeah. active you know, lesion or blister, which makes complete sense, right? Like you have viral DNA, you have a blister, like it's, there's stuff, there's fluid, there's stuff going on, which is accurate. However, Mm. now that since 2020, we've heard a lot about viral shedding. Um, So we're all experts in viral shedding now, but the virus does shed. And so when the virus sheds, typically the person has no signs or symptoms. So the person Mm. isn't aware that it's happening. And that's why majority, uh, in fact, 70% of transmissions occur without an outbreak. Wow. Wow. This is crazy. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. So we have, there's so many things like you Mm -hmm. will say, well, I have a partner and there was nothing there or a person that doesn't know they have, like, I've never had an outbreak. I don't know what you're Mm -hmm. talking about. I don't, that doesn't ever happen to me. So even if you are asymptomatic, which is awesome, if you are asymptomatic, um, there still is a, a, a chance for you to transmit less likely, but it still does happen. Mm-hmm. So what are the symptoms besides the lesions and the cold sores? Are there any or those are um, the major like ones? leading leading up to an outbreak? A lot of people will experience fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, they can experience flu like symptoms. Okay. So it's just body aches or tired yeah. or run down, just that overall rundown feeling. Um, I've mentioned some people can experience nerve pain. So some people will feel like a pain mm. down their leg or their back. Yeah. Um, and so that's usually like a precursor. And then other times people won't experience that, but they may experience, I like to use the example, like if you were to snap a rubber band on your skin, it would be like a, like a hot burning sensation. It's the only way I can describe it. So they might experience that in that location. They might mm. experience tingles, um, like a tingly sensation. I also use the example of almost like, you know, when you have like a bug walking on your skin, it like, it doesn't tingle, but it itches, but it tickles, yeah, but it doesn't tickle. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So almost that type of feeling. 
Um, and those are usually like, aha, I think I'm getting an outbreak. Mm. So. so how can you manage that? Because I know you can use the creams and right to actually put in topical creams. So right. what else so can you do to manage the outbreak? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the number one thing would be to try to manage your immune system and your stress levels and your mm-hmm. sleep. Um, and I think that's the cure for everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Right. That's why I'm nodding and I'm laughing. Yeah. That's right. It. Our nervous system, right. you know, calming that down. So um, like for me personally, if I am in a situation where like my adrenaline's going, like I have deadlines or I'm I'm trying to get something out, or I'm just trying to, I'm like really focused. Like I'm in school right now and sometimes I have and I'm a mom and I have, you know, business and I'm like, oh, I gotta get this essay done and like can't. And I'm like, so that type of stress. Um so that adrenaline will cause it for a lot of people. So just mm. managing your nervous system and trying to get that either that adrenaline out of your body or um, managing not not that. So again, anytime we can boost our immune system, that's going to be key. There are some other things you can take. So um, if you do want to take a prescription drug, there is a, a drug. And according to the FDA, they say it's the most accurate or the most... Um, the best way to prevent transmission to a partner. Um, so if you want to go that route, there is a drug you could, it's a prescription. You can take it daily or you can take it just when you have outbreaks. Um, so there's that. Um, or you can take some natural supplements um, that would also help internally um, keep the virus out of replication mode and keep it kind of, and you know, things to boost your immune system. Right. So yeah. um, those types. Have you of- heard of monolaurin? Yes, that is one of the okay. things that I talk about. I'm a huge fan of Monolaurin. We talk okay. about that daily. I have my entire community taking Monolaurin. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, I had someone on the podcast talk about Monolaurin, and I've never heard of Monolaurin before. So interesting. And that's what he said. It's one of the, with lysine, it's one of the. Yeah, was that, was it Damon? Yes. Oh, so Damon's my friend. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Shout yes. out to Damon. Yay. Yes. We love Damon. I cannot pronounce his last name, but. Yeah, I know. Me too. Founder. I was going to go there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's the founder of what was formerly known as Natural Cure Labs, now Palmair Health. And he introduced me to Monolorn as well. So those of you that are listening and you're like, okay, I haven't heard that episode. So um, enveloped viruses, herpes virus is enveloped virus, um, COVID is an enveloped virus, cold, flu, it's a lot of enveloped viruses. What happens is they have an outer shell and our immune systems cannot penetrate that outer shell. So I like to use the example of an egg. So imagine a virus being an egg and our immune system can't penetrate that shell. So what monolaurin does is it goes in and disrupts that outer shell. So I don't know if it dissolves it, cracks it. I don't know what it does, but it disrupts it so that our immune system now can penetrate the virus and then do what it needs to do to fight it. Mm, amazing. So how how many do you take a day? And so you take it for prevention, like every day for prevention? Uh-huh. I take it daily because of, if you have something else happening in your body, let's say you have a cold or you cut, you know, we have millions yeah. of viruses that are around us. Um, and we either have, you know, I don't, I researched at one point, like how many viruses live in our body. And I forgot the number, but it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so at any time they can become active Right. And then our immune system is going to focus on that virus right. and not the herpes virus. Okay. So anything I can do to, to help it. So yeah, I take it. It just depends. If I have an outbreak, I take the max. If I don't, if I'm just in maintenance mode, I take the minimum. Okay. It just depends on what I'm doing. 
Mm-hmm. So are there any specific foods that we can eat mm-hmm. to help with prevention as well as a, an outbreak if we do have an outbreak? Mm-hmm. So one of the other things, so lysine, which is an essential amino acid, it's a protein. And so before I describe lysine, I have to talk about arginine. That's also an essential amino acid. Um, arginine is excellent for cardiovascular health. It's great for vascular health. It improves our athletic performance. It's in a lot of foods. If you are an athlete, um, probably it is enhanced with arginine. Um, Again, it's essential. We need it. We can't not have it. But what arginine does, it's like lighter fluid for the herpes virus. It loves it. Wow. It loves it. Right. So if you're an athlete, like I always, when I watch the Olympics and things, I'm like, I'm sure they're taking arginine. Like I guarantee, because they're an athlete and improves athletic performance. It's just a protein. I'm like, man, I wonder how many of them are getting outbreaks right now Mm. because they're, they're being pumped with that. Um, so, so why, yes. why does it love it? Just, it's just, it just love it. it's just with it. okay. food for it. For mm-hmm. whatever reason. Oh, okay. It feeds it. Okay. It mm-hmm. feeds it. Um, right. So again, we can't remove arginine from our diet. I don't oh. want anyone to be like, Oh, I'm never going to have it again. You are going to have it again. You're going to have it in every meal you have. You can't avoid it. Um, on the flip side, lysine is also an essential amino acid. It's great for tendon repair. It helps us metabolize um, other vitamins and nutrients, um, specifically collagen, which is important for mm-hmm. us ladies. Um, but um, that is like a, a fire extinguisher to the herpes virus. Okay. So it doesn't it doesn't like it. They've done tests in petri dishes, and it basically suffocates the virus. Um, obviously, it's in our body but we're not, we're not a Petri dish. Um, so again, it's not, um, guaranteed. It's not, you know, hundred percent effective, of course. Um, but you can have food, you can either add lysine supplements to supplement your diet or choose foods high in lysine. So those include fish and shellfish, mm-hmm. very high in lysine, dairy is high in lysine. Um, potatoes are high in lysine. Um, and I would, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, any like lean protein right. is going to be high in lysine. Mm-hmm. Eggs are high in lysine. But I would look at it more as if you're eating a clean diet, then your body is, you know, not, you're not eating things that have a nutrition facts, the length of your arm, right? <laughs> things that have like three nutrition. And you can't pronounce Right. You're like, I don't even know what that is. Like, yeah. yeah. So the cleaner your diet, I would say you need to not worry as much about the arginine lysine ratios. Okay. But things that are high in arginine, again, it's unfortunate if you, not unfortunate, but if you are an athlete um, or, you know, exercise a lot, you're probably consuming, if you take like protein powders, um, anything like that for your workout. Mm-hmm. It's full of arginine. Mm-hmm. So nuts are high in arginine. That's a really easy one, especially, I don't know about you, but like me as a woman, I'll throw, you know, like the little Trader Joe's thing. Totally everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, peanut butter is really high in arginine. So again, it, it doesn't mean we can't have these foods. It's saying, oh, you know what? It's my birthday. I love, you know, peanut butter, chocolate cake or whatever. I'm aware of that. So I'm going to take a little more lysine or I'm going to watch it today or the day before and, you know, try and have less arginine so I can have my peanut butter chocolate birthday cake, you know, just Mm -hmm. being aware. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And managing that 
So right. you could still have your right. peanut butter chocolate cake, which sounds right. really divine. Delicious <laughs> right now. Right. But yeah. in general, that's, I mean, that's how life it, you know, what? like it, it's a hundred percent. No, I agree yeah. with you, Alexandra. I'm all about the 80, 20 rule, right? Like it's what we do 80% of the time that matters and really mm-hmm. makes a difference in our health. Not what we do 20% of the time. So if 20% of the time you want to have that peanut butter, or those yeah. extra nuts, just manage it with extra lysine or monolaurin, right? With the exactly. lysine. Yeah, got it. Okay. So we're giving hope to our listeners and our viewers. Yes. <laughs> and there's people that may be fine with peanut butter. Like I, I have oral herpes and I got it when I was 20 from a date that kissed me goodnight and he had a cold sore. And so I was like, what are you doing? Anyways, um, I went through college. I had peanut butter almost every day through college because that's what you eat in college. Yeah. And I didn't get another outbreak for 14 years. Mm. So everyone's going to be a little different. Right. I agree. I agree. So what is, can you explain to us or maybe share with us your experience as well? What is dating with herpes like? So it was extremely terrifying in the mm. beginning. Like I said, I was dating that guy. Mm. Um, and that's why you date, you date to find out if you're compatible. And and, right. and I realized I wasn't, I stayed with him for two years because I didn't believe that I would be ever accepted by anybody else. I didn't believe that I had was the ability or the confidence um, or I'd have to really settle. And so I'm like, well, if I have to settle, I might as well settle for him. Mm-hmm. Like that was my, my, my thought process, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. awful. Um, so I call it the Eeyore phase. I was there for two years. I literally had a rain cloud over me. You know, your skin didn't have any pink in it. It was like a flamingo that had lost its pink. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, um, was there. So I turned 30 and I was turning 30 and I was like, I can't stay with this guy. I'm turning 30. I don't want to be in this situation. And so I decided I did a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-help, a lot of um, just that whole genre was extremely new to me. And so I, you know, Wayne Dyer and, Mm. um, Chopra center and like all, I just learning, learning, learning. So at 30, I started dating and I made the commitment to myself that I would say yes to anybody that asked me on a date, or I would ask anybody that like, if it arose, I would just ask the guy out. And I really want to clarify because we think dating means sex and we think Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're dating. It means that you're sleeping with this person. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's not the case. We, we, especially today and especially with our youth, they jump to that, right? Like, oh, I went on a date. And so now we're sleeping together. Mm -hmm. And that's not, it can be if that's, if that's what, you know, floats your boat, but it doesn't have to be. So I made the commitment to date anybody and not everybody, but like, just to experience things with that being said um when it came to disclosure sometimes i would y- use my herpes disclosure as a way to get out of having sex. i was just gonna like, say that. yeah 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 or like it's a nice go-to yeah, yeah. and it and- didn't work like it didn't work fine. <laughs> like, now i have to tell you i just don't like you i'm not into you um oh, that's funny. so the the gentleman that mattered um specifically my ex-boyfriend and my husband, um, those two were the ones that mattered and and it, it was fine. Like mm-hmm. it, there was no issues. Um, so it, you know, like maybe people didn't date me because I had herpes, but that's, if you're not going to, if you don't want to date me, then you're not really right. into me. Mm-hmm. And 
rejection is going to happen regardless of having herpes or not. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to get to that point. But once I was there, I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you found what you wanted, your what your values were and put a stake in the ground there. And then it's whoever you attracted and accepted you for who you were. That was worthy of your time and your relationship, right? And they deselected yeah. themselves for right. yeah, which worked out for and you. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like and that, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, you know, we don't like people for certain reasons. And I just gave them an extremely easy out saying yeah. that I have herpes. It's yeah. super easy. Yeah. Um <laughs> and true. I didn't disclose to everybody because I didn't need to. I wasn't gonna sleep exactly. with them. Never yeah. was going to. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good tip for anyone that's looking to, like, it's it could be scary, right? Because I, I know, like, my niece, she's 17, and she's super freaked out about this stuff. Um, but then I also, like, in the dating scene in Canada is not so maybe not like the States. It's not really something that is it was it really discussed on every date or more or less every date, like guys would ask you or would you, you have say- sex? Or uh, no, if you had any STDs or herpes or any, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, even even in Canada, it's like not something we discuss. Which again, I don't think that's right either, right? Especially if you know, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So, but again, we remember like just going on a date, going for coffee, isn't exactly right. right. Yeah. So, in terms of um, unprotected sex, like how does that work with herpes? So yeah. again, is it very similar? If it's dormant, then you won't transmit it. Um, you know, the, the transmission right. is lower. Okay, so it's similar to the oral one. Right. So it's just like oral or gen- general. They're, they're practically the same. Um, you know, some partners, I'm trying, I'm not partners, but some people, like in some, you know, it, it's going to be different. It's like birth control. Every relationship has a different idea for birth control. Some people are like, no, we're always using a condom and taking the pill. Other people are like, eh, we'll see what happens, you know? So it just depends on that particular relationship. I would say that, um, that of course, if you're in a new relationship, you're going to do everything possible to prevent transmission. Like why add that on? Why add on the extra stress? It's supposed to be fun. And you're at that point of your life, but then you get to the point in a relationship where you're like, all right, I like my husband, he's like, I don't care anymore like if it happens it happens it is what it is right yeah no that's so true so what what are some maybe words of advice that you can give um somebody that just sort of got diagnosed with it and wants to date and sort of get to where you were what would you tell them i mean i would say that your sex life or dating life or whatever is going to be completely normal it's completely normal Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there may be times you're, that you cannot have sex. Absolutely. But there's other times in life that you cannot have sex, That's right? True. Yeah. Where, yeah. Whether you're sick or your, your yeah. partner's sick, or you're like, I just don't feel like it, or I'm tired or whatever. Um, that, that, that's part, part of life. Um, mm-hmm. so again, like I, I have oral herpes and people, as I mentioned, and people ask me all the time, like, well, do you kiss your child? Mm. And I say, yes, because, and the reason why is, um, I, I don't really kiss him on the lips. If he kisses me and then, but I, I don't initiate that. Um, but I, you know, kiss him on his cheek and uh, he's my little boy. Of course. I, I love, of course. Mm-hmm. And I feel that there's far more harm done by not kissing him 
then yes. and potentially transmitting it is it especially when he goes out into the world as he he is and he's going to be in contact with it right now there's seven people in his life on like a you know total basis that are in his life five out of the seven have hsv1 Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if I don't kiss them, someone else is going to kiss them. Yeah. And they can transmit it as well. So again, back to intimacy, back to oral herpes, back to all that. You're going to be exposed to it. Um, and at some point in some relationship, you're going to be exposed to it. Um, because even if your partner has oral herpes, you're exposed to it. If you know. They yeah. do things with their mouth. So they're, mm-hmm. you're going to be exposed to it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of being aware and doing what you can to boost your immune system. Yes, exactly. And calm your nervous system with stress exactly. relief, stress management. So you don't recommend sharing drinks and makeup and period. I mean, and food. <laughs> what uh, do you say to that? I would say that, that I mean, it's still going to happen. People are still going to do that. I would say it's up to you and... You know, like my husband and I, we share a cup of coffee. Yeah. I mean, I kiss, it, we, it, for us, it's, it's. I'm actually on a big share. I'm an only child, so I don't like people like sharing or using my fork or anything like that. Like, you know, <laughs> if you want a sip of my drink now, you could have the drink. I don't want it anymore. That's just in general. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, you're not as likely to pick it up from sharing as you are from skin to skin. But right. like for your 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 niece, that's in high school and going to go to college. Like I would say, no, don't share your friend's lipstick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which she doesn't anyway, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like, no, keep your chapstick to yourself. Right. Like, yeah. That's so, that's interesting. Interesting. So what is um, the number one advice that you seem to be giving to your clients or to the people in your community? What would be the number one? The it's, it's really, um, the, the biggest thing is we put a glass ceiling on in, on our situation when we have herpes. So whatever our problem is or was, um, I, you know, I can't get a raise. I can't get the right job. I can't date. I can't lose weight. I can't whatever, whatever it is that is our, our block, our problem. We put herpes as the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. I can't lose weight because now I have herpes. And if I work out too hard, I'll get an outbreak. Or mm. there was Can no. That happen? Can that exasperate the outbreak? Yeah, I mean, if you are oh, doing stress, high, stress oh, on your right. body now, so stress can be. If you're, yeah, if you, it's part of your life, and you've yeah. been a runner your whole life, you're probably going to be fine. If you decide like I'm going to go do a triathlon this weekend, and you've never run a day in your life, and you have herpes, you're probably going to end up with an outbreak. You know? Right. Yeah. Got it. But, um, yeah. So whatever, um. Whatever our scapegoat, whatever our issue is, herpes is now our scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And I really like people to take a step back and realize that that issue was there before. And your herpes diagnosis has now brought it to the forefront so you can work through it. It's not Mm -hmm. the herpes, right? So again, back to the person that wants to lose weight, for example, you've been wanting to do that for a while. You've been wanting to change your lifestyle, your diet, your exercise for a while, so what was that issue there before? Herpes has nothing to do with it. You're right. We yeah. did the opposite. We put everything into our herpes diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because I have herpes. So avoid the victim mentality once you've been yes. diagnosed or living with it. Nice, nice. And I actually wanted to ask you something else before this one is about um, in terms of what's your opinion 
um, about sexual health and why it's not being taught in schools, right? Because that's so frustrating. Yes. If we knew this early on, right? Like, yes. It removes the stigma, right? Right. And, um, yeah, sexual health needs to be, it, it, it should be, like health should be taught in schools right mm-hmm. um and 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 in general and sexual health is part of it it's like saying i'm going to teach you everything about your body but not this one area mm-hmm. and it would mm-hmm. be just as silly if i said i'm teaching everything about your your body but not your elbow we're going to leave mm-hmm. your elbow out mm-hmm. like your mm-hmm. elbow is pretty important <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know like it does a lot for you yeah um, so your sexual health is also really important and i just think educating with sexual health not saying like sex ed or like, but like just sexual health, like what does this part of our body do? And, and, and then, okay, how do we prevent, you know, pregnancies? How do we prevent, um, how do we prevent STIs, STDs? Cause they're out there. You're going to be exposed to them. You're yeah. not, not going to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. So what's the most common, well, actually the best advice that you've ever been given? That still holds true today. I love listening to the to the answers to this question of my guests. The best advice mm-hmm. I've ever been given. Um, you know, I, I just go back to my childhood and I would say that I was taught to respect everybody. So you're not you're not above or below anybody. You're equal um, in any situation. It doesn't mean that you don't respect your elders or your teacher, like your teacher's in charge. Or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like as an elementary kid, your teacher is in charge, but you're still on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you be respectful to everybody and appreciative to what service they provide to you. And you provide a service to somebody as well. We're all in the service industry. So, um, whether we like to look at it that way or not, but you provide respect and and to that person because they're doing something for you um, as well as you are providing something to them. I love that because then as you get older, like if anyone got this advice as you did as a young child, then it's not like you're defying authority, but at least you know, you can question authority. It's not going to be intimidating for you, right? Because we're all on the same level. (laughs) We're on the same level. Right, right. Yeah, amazing. That's awesome. So what are, what's the most influential book that you've read? Because what I do is I collect, (laughs) what I do is collect um, everyone's answers and then I I share them. So our listeners and viewers have a nice little um, list of books, suggested, recommended reads. I would say my favorite book, that I've read is educated. I don't know if, if anyone said that on your show. Mm, no. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. Who's that by? Oh uh, Tara Westover. Okay. Um, it's a true story about a young woman and she's in its current times. She's probably 30 now, 35. Um, it's not, you know, like you read books, maybe like of the Holocaust and you're like, well, that was so long ago, even though it really wasn't. Um, but this is like, this happened during our lifetime. And she is a young woman who was raised in a Mormon, mm. um, an extreme Mormon household. Um, it's not about Mormonism, but it was her experience living that and everything that she had to overcome and unwind um, is, and it's both men and fe- men and women love it. It's not just like, oh, that's a 
mm-hmm. female book. I mean, my husband read it. He recommended it to me. It's incredible. Mm. Amazing. Well, thank you for that. Like that you won't definitely... put it down. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'll check it out for sure. Cause I often read for business and I, the pleasure kind of mm-hmm. gets, you know, put on the back burner, but some good books I definitely want to pick up and, uh, and enjoy as well. Thank you. That's awesome. So what are your top three self-care habits, non-negotiables daily? Non-negotiables. Um, so sleep, is really big for me. I do have, well, he'll be three next week. Um, oh, nice. I have a toddler. Oh, when's his birthday? Uh, the 13th of February. Okay, very nice. Oh, right before Valentine's. How sweet. Yeah. Actually, the February 13th is self-care day. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, because the 14th is Valentine's. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, right. So I sleep is not always something I get because he wants to show me his owie at 2 a.m. or something. <laughs> but um, sleep is number one. Um, I would say really healthy foods. I probably eat about 95% of what I make. Mm. Um, I love to cook. and Nice. So that's also like clean food, like just good whole foods. Um, and... Um, well, I have four. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say meditation, meditation, prayer. And then I use a body brush and that's been, I, I went, I used to start using it when I was 20 and then I stopped. Um, but I've gotten back in my life with it, a body brush. Have you used what a is body that, brush? Like for lymphatic drainage? Yes. Okay. You know what? I have it and I know I, I always forget, you know, when I remember when I'm in the shower, I'm like, shit, I should have right. done it before. Right. So, yeah. Um, I keep it next to the shower for that reason while it's getting hot. Um, that has really, really been helpful. Anytime you feel just a little extra water weight or you feel run down, mm-hmm. um, it 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 like revitalizes your skin. Is your skin looks pretty and glowy and happy, um, but it also helps with any like water weight or any like mm-hmm. around your period or anything like that. It's like mm-hmm. great. Or if you fly, yeah, yeah. It, it just cleans everything out. You just you feel. Hmm. I love but, that. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me to take mine out. I don't know why I don't, but yeah. <laughs> so it's a little too late when I remember. Amazing. Right. So is there any sort of key takeaway messages, anything that you want to wrap up with that uh, we did not discuss or maybe, maybe even um, restate so that it, cause you feel yeah. super important. I would say that, you know, my particular story is herpes and dealing with a genital herpes diagnosis. That's not going to be everybody's story. Um, it's only going to be 13% of the population. <laughs> so it's going to be That's going to be their story. But we all have something. Um, we all have a story or something that we are terrified that gives us this, oh, I would never want anyone to know, or I'm not going to share this, or this is going to hold me back. And don't let that one thing hold you back. And also know that other people are going through that same thing, mm-hmm. their own version of it, but they're going through their, their they're going through that as well. And you're not alone. So, um, your story isn't unique. I'd find support. I would, you know, we have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have uh, social media now has been amazing for this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so find a way to support yourself and find a community that can also support you. Amazing. Thank you. That's lovely. So where can people, how can people connect with you? What are you up to? Cause I know you're also selling, um, skin products, right? Right. So yeah, I would, tell us a little bit about that. yeah. So, well, obviously with 
herpes outbreaks, you want something topical to be able to put on your outbreak to help with the pain and to help with wound repair, skin repair, all that. Um, so we have some, it's called Secret Society Wellness. Um, so we have those products for herpes. You don't have to have herpes to use them. Of course, they're great. I use them on my son. Um, if he has like an owie and it, it's great. <laughs> um, but if you have herpes, you know, Life with Herpes is my my brand. You can pretty much find me anywhere. Um, but if you you do, I do have a download that's really helpful. Um, it's things that I wish I would have known when I was diagnosed. And they're natural remedies you probably have in your cupboard or in your mm-hmm. kitchen. Um, so it's outbreakremedies.com and it's free and you can download it. So go to outbreakremedies.com and... Um, That'll support you through this Eeyore phase, I guess. Amazing. And then, of course, join your community as well once they're ready. Cool. So I'll put those in the show notes for sure. And I'll check it out myself as well. So thank you so much. If there's anything else you want to add... No, thank you so much for having me. It's been exciting. Thank you. Thank you. This was such a beautiful, thank you for your transparency, your vulnerability, for sharing your story. I love the community that you've built and continue to build and support. And it's just, it's just beautiful to have people like, like we mentioned before, turn um, their story into their mission, which, which is incredible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making time for my community. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking part of your day and sharing it with me by listening to this amazing podcast episode. I would also like to thank our sponsors, St. Lucian Seamoss. Check them out and get some awesome Seamoss at www.stlucianseamoss.co. If you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful, please share it with your loved ones or a friend and check out SavoyaSelfCare.com for more amazing wellness tips. Please also leave us a rating now on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it to info at SavoyaSelfCare.com. We will reply with a gift as a grateful thank you. If you want to upgrade your healthy living and take it to the next level, be sure to join us next week. And remember, self-care is not selfish, it's self-love. Ciao for now.